Right on, writers, and welcome first-time viewers to the Books by Adrian Author platform. I am your host, Adrian Santiago, and this is Typewriters Podcast, where uh, we do kind of a follow-up show to Livestream Sunday. We stick around a little bit with our guests from this week's episode of Livestream Sunday, and we get a little bit more on the crafty side of how they do what they do. So let's go ahead and bring out our guests uh, in just a second here, but don't forget, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Don't make me tell you again. All right, let's do it. Here comes Miss Don Dougal. Hey, welcome hey, back. How are you doing? Hi. I am well. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for being on Livestream Sunday this week. That was a great episode. I don't know if you had fun, but I had fun. <laughs> I Listen, I love talking about books and I love talking about writing books. So that worked out real well. <laughs> well, then lucky you. We're going to do it some more. Hey, uh, all right. That's good. <laughs> all right. So um, you mentioned that your characters kind of live in your head. They talk to you. They take over the writing process. So I'm going to guess that you're a bit of a pantser. But what is it? More of a plotter? More of a pantser? Somewhere in between? I'm an absolute. I'm an absolute plotter. I have no kidding. Yeah, totally. I, I pegged have... you for a pantser. I was wrong. Mm -mm. No, I mean, truth be told, I'm probably more like a plantster. Yeah, uh, but or a bread machine. I've heard this one too. But this this is how I do it. I have a, I have developed a a modified beat system for myself where I know that in my romance books that I need certain things they need to hit by certain percentage in the book by 75% you know we got to have our whiff of death you know that kind of thing and I've I, I went with the I originally went with the save by the cat Save beats the cat. Mm -hmm. save the cat save i said save by the cat didn't i save by the bell but save the cat save the cat beat system and romancing the beat but i found that they didn't really work for what i was trying to do so i modified some of these things i added some things here and there i've added in the heroine's journey and it really sort of cobbled this thing together my friend susan and i have been working on this for a couple months and um so i know that like i and i have a vision the a digital board where I put the I, I've got a template <laughs> and when I am coming up with a story I'm like all right what's going here who is this person what do we know about them what are they going to do how like what's the absolute terrible thing I'm going to throw at them and how can I make it even funnier like how can I make it worse and I just I fill in those squares and I think that that works for me it works for me because it breaks it up and it says instead of saying, oh, I've got to write 60,000 words to make a book happen. No, I, this little block over here is about 500 to 1,000 words. And over here is this. And when you can break up a, you know, writing a novel that way, I think that it takes a lot of the anxiety out of it for me. And, and knowing that, okay, I'm, I'm doing these three things today. And I, I find that I write more than what I had set out to do for that day and there's not a lot of pressure for it because I know where I'm going. Nice. That said, that said, here's the caveat to that. I often will get to, and this is why I redid the beat system because what I found was I was getting about 50 to 60% of the book and I would lose my mojo. I would lose my mm. um, lady boner for it i'm not sure i shouldn't say i would lose funny. my mojo for it and I, i've always I liked like, the expression lady boner and you lose my lady it. boner for it and um <laughs> lose my lady jam for it and i and i found that if i could just like step out you know it's i write spicy romance and i'm also smart ass what do you expect uh, this I is like it. it should have like an asterisk warning uh, yeah. on the video um <laughs> 
But I get to that point in the book, and I, I, what, what works for me is to print it out, and because I get to that point, and I'm like, nobody's gonna read this. It's the worst thing I've ever written. Nobody's gonna read this story. Everybody's gonna hate it. It's the worst piece of fiction in the history of the world. And I'm like, I know that's a little dramatic, but you know, if I'm gonna do something terrible, I'm gonna go all the way terrible. So I print yeah. it out. I take a few days. I print it out. I go through it, and I sort of do a hard I do a hard at it and inevitably I fall back in love with the story and then I, I realize this is not the worst thing I've ever read this is actually a great story that needs to be finished and the reason that I was stopping at this point was because this is usually the point in the story right before you throw the worst thing at your character mm. it's right before they have their low lowest point of the novel and when you love your characters like that it's sometimes hard to pull the trigger <laughs> Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. Most of the time it's not because you don't you you want their happy ending. You want the ending to the book, but in order to get to that, they have to go through this terrible thing first. And I and so that's sort of my process at this point. I haven't had um haven't written a full-length novel since I've tweaked the my beats. So I'll have to follow up with you and let you know if it if it keeps being that way or not. <laughs> but that's so yeah total plotter i have spreadsheets i have i created a map of the town of pleasure point which is an island i have all the streets lined out the names i've got all the characters in a spreadsheet how old they are what they look like their quirks they there's a a online social media platform that's a fake platform that they have that they all kind of message each other on so I have all their handles like that I have I get made fun of for my <laughs> I get made fun of for my spreadsheets but let me tell you something you write 14 romance books and you're like I could have written some more stuff down like oh crap wait was he a linebacker or a quarterback and oh crap and then you have to go back and read the book and try to find out and then my my friend quoted me to me the other day she said something funny and I said like, oh my god that's funny that should be in a book and then she started laughing and I said crap that's in one of my books <laughs> <laughs> she's like yeah I read that in your book I said ah fine what, what's truly so. hilarious is that you could not be talking about this on a better channel because i've got i've got two uh buddies or other author tubers on here who are uh, you know friends of the channel richard holiday and uh martin lejeune and both of them swear by spreadsheets one of them drafts his his novels in spreadsheets he you know they, they do the whole plot everything they do everything in spreadsheets and they swear by them and i'm terrified of spreadsheets i don't like them i just look at them as more math and i hate math I, i'm not good is at math I don't look at it as math. It, it, I was, I look at it like this. And this is my, my best friend, Carolina had given me, I, I was telling her about my first series. And I said, there's so many characters. There's a, there's like 60 or 70 characters already. And we're not even, you know, we're not even out of book two. And she said, uh, I think you need to put that in a spreadsheet. Cause that's what I did with my, she did that with dungeons and dragons. She Damn did that with all of her, her, uh, her, her characters in dungeons and dragons. I said, that is, that is genius. Like, cause you can see it and you can, right like, I can tell when I'm naming characters, what names I've used. I also have a, I have a tab on my spreadsheets of characters that are no longer with us. They either didn't make it out alive or they've, 
arrested or you know they were for whatever reason and They're I out of the story yeah they ain't here no more and what happened to him this is the other thing when you're writing series you forget. you forget what happened and I have a column for where we met them and what happened to them and what is their term of endearment for their significant other so it's not always babe mm. hey babe babe yeah. i like old. no don't call her babe she is a 45 year old doctor let's try yeah. something else so um yeah i've got all that and um even with that even that said there's still things i wish i, I had written down because it's when you're it's just there's a lot it's a lot to it but uh don't be afraid of spreadsheets but you find your own thing you find your own thing oh, yeah. what works for you and spreadsheets spreadsheets work for me google docs work for me um yeah nice yeah, yeah oh we- and here's something that i'll flip your lid i okay. i will write the i will come up with the book title and write the blurb and put the book up for pre-sale before i outline it i mean i'll outline it but I write the blurb before I write the book. Excuse me? <laughs> yep. Sure do. Yep. Because you know what's going in your book. You know what the story's about. You know the teasable element. You should be able to write your book. I understand that not everybody will be able to do that. But that's from my years of TV. It's, that's, it's bold. That's, that's bold as hell. I'm into it. That's I, I mean, I, I think in 12 blurbs where I did pre-orders, I think I changed maybe one one thing. And it just it's just because the story was ended up better. And I, I went back and it was the very last book that I did pre-order on. And I tweaked the blurb. When I knew the story was going to go a different direction, I, I fixed the blurb. But yeah. Um, it, I, yeah. And I'll, I'll put a pre-order up that I haven't finished written, writing, because it makes me. It, it lights a fire under your ass. It lights right? a fire. It, I get it, it makes, done. Yeah, it makes deadlines are good. Done. So, yeah, I'm I'm um, I'm insane. So <laughs> maybe <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it for everybody. Like I it, did a I did I've done two rapid releases now, and I'm like, why? Why would I do that? Like, why did they do that? Insane people make the best authors. You're probably it's... in great company. You're going to be fine. <laughs> I've read, I've, I've met some kindred spirits. I am Cookie like, dukes. yeah. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> welcome. Come on. Let's come sit by me. Let's talk crazy. Yeah. Well, along that same topic of like, you write the blurb before you write the book. What are some of your writing routines? Like, what are some of the things that you always do? Things that have been working for you in your writing routines? I write for me writing in the morning and I like doing the creative thing in the morning when I'm fresh is Mm. important Mm. and blocking out that time. I, there's, I want to say it was big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. She talks about like being in the chair, her and uh, Shonda rhymes both talk about, you know, there's this idea that being a writer and being an author isn't a job or don't treat it like a job or you know find something you love and and Shonda Rhimes was the one who said look it is a job you have to show up for it you you get in the chair and you sit down and be ready to write the words Mm -hmm. and those words may not be you know Pulitzer Prize winning words but you've got some words done and then it doesn't feel like it's this pending doom that's sitting on your soul and that's that really has hit home with me that 
you know, making the time and making it important. Um, not everybody with a nine to five job can do it in the morning. I, I wrote my first book. I did five months. That was a nonfiction book. I, I did five months of research for this, um, this restaurant chain, not chain, but this uh, restaurant group. And I embedded with their business for five months. And then I wrote the book in a month because I had had all this stuff, but I had a full-time job. I spent my breaks and my lunch period. Um, I printed out all the interviews every spare and minute. like every spare minute. I like, I did this. I look like I was a serial killer. I would take the, I printed out the interviews and I'd slice them. Like I'm just over here, like arts and craftsing my interviews thing. And I've got these like strips of paper because I, you know, when people give you an interview that yeah. it's not always linear. So I would cut up the stuff and I'd kind of piece them together before I have the software I have now that I can digitally do it. But that's what I had. And I, yeah. I was like, all right, I'll, I'm going to DIY my vision board for this. And so I, and so people would come into my office at my day job and I'd have just scraps of paper over thing. And I'm like, I'm on lunch. I'm having lunch ish. I might've bled over a little bit, but I got my work done. Like they can't yeah. complain about. So that's what I did. And then I'd go home and I'd write and I wrote on the weekend. Like I did every spare moment I had, mm -hmm. I wrote and the month of April in 2018, my hair looked the worst it has ever looked. My yard looked like a Scooby-Doo house. Like there, there was <laughs> like I didn't do it. Like I did nothing. I picked up groceries. Thank God they had grocery pickup because I knew if I went in, like people stopped. But I made it a priority, and I was like, "This is. I've got a deadline. I've got to get this done." And I made it happen. And that, and um, I don't remember much of the month. Of that whole month, but I got it done. Yeah. And I think that when you make it a priority and you say, This is, I am going to write a book, I am writing this book. And not only am I writing this book, I am writing this book with the intent to sell this book and sell a lot of this book and yeah. and have people it's fall in love with this character. Yeah. This is a business. And in order to make that business work, it's not personal. It's going to mm. feel real personal when people don't like your book and they give you a one star because the very things you wrote in your book, they didn't like. And it's like, okay, well, okay. You didn't, you didn't like the comedy and my romantic comedy. Like, um, yeah. It's too, it's too funny. Like what? Like, yeah. like, Oh, the, uh, one gal didn't care for, the in one of my books the uh the male the the hero falls for the heroine he's like in love with her right away and i'm like that's the whole that's point the whole, that's the genre like that's, that's like it <laughs> i'm like and so i like i took that one star and i was like all right you know like insta love is not for everybody I but here's wish so it's this whole thing like it's not personal it's a business mm -hmm. i have to remind myself of that sometimes yeah. and making it a priority because if you make it a priority the the books will make you a priority and i know that's mm -hmm. very woo woo and no, I believe that. Like, that, that oh, I'm going to manifest this whole thing. But you, when you show up for it, it shows up for you. And I and oh, yeah. I firmly believe in that. And that's what works for me. You know, um, first of all, I, like you, do my best writing in the morning. 
in fact, before breakfast, like I can't even eat anything. Like that's the best writing I'll ever do is I wake up and I sit down at my computer with a cup of coffee and I start writing. However, I'm married and I have two kids. I never get to do that. So <laughs> the only time that I ever get to write is at night when everybody's asleep or I work overnight uh, five days a week at the at a hotel. So I'll, I'll write there. I use up a lot of my downtime there to get this done. Yeah. Um, and uh, the turning point for me was uh, this book called The War of Art. I don't know if you... Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, it changed Is it Stephen... Wait, which one Stephen is it? Pres- Stephen Pressfield. Stephen yeah, Pressfield. Stephen Pressfield. Yeah. Great. Yeah, the War of Great Art book. and the follow-up was Turning Pro and those two books. I swear by them. In fact, I'll, I'll put it in the description for everybody at home. The War of Art is actually available as an audiobook for free on YouTube right now. So nice. um, I'll put that in the... Uh, description down below but that that book changed my life the the concept of the amateur loves the writing loves the reading all of that he okay he loves it great but that but you know he does it as a hobby that's not a professional mm-hmm. the professional is here to treat it as a business he he sits down on time like you go to work on time he clocks in for it he gets the work done he clocks out you know the whole the whole night so uh so that's what i started doing i just started you know setting aside time every day this is my writing time this is what i'm gonna sit down at this time i'm gonna get it done and and just like you at work if i'm not actually doing something work related yeah. i'm writing I'm, or i'm editing or whatever it is i'm getting it done so yeah man I think that I think there's a, you know, when you like, and I can't, and I cannot remember who said it, but it's like when you reach that point where it had like, this is it. I cannot Mm. do this anymore Mm -hmm. this way. I cannot be, I I do not want to work for somebody else. I have had these stories in my head. Oh my God. I need to, I, this, I want to work for, I am working for me. And putting my, the, the, this whole, um, put your oxygen mask on first before you help somebody else on an airplane, like that works for your creativity too. Yeah. That's so, good advice all around. Yeah. All around. <laughs> like you are not going to help anybody. You're and, and it doesn't writing, being a good husband, a good wife, a good partner, a friend, daughter, aunt, what have you you're not going to be anybody you're not going to do anybody any good if you are not taking care of yourself first it is not selfish Mm -hmm. to set aside time to do that um it may not be as much as you want but at some point like you have to set aside i I, for me i have to set aside time and say all right i am making this a priority right now i Mm. need to make me a priority my creativity a priority and get it like just get it done and I find that my best work when I go in it with that attitude and you say, this is what I'm doing today. I, these are the things I can set aside. These are the things that aren't as important as this right now. Like what is going to move the needle for me? What is going to push this forward? What gets me to that? I, I, 10 of my books have been bestsellers. That and $5 will get me coffee. Like, you know, you know, great. You have a, you have a bestseller. Fantastic. What does that mean? It means jack squat is what it means. <laughs> what what is important? Congratulations is, anyway. I still thank think you. Like <laughs> I am, a, I am an I'm an award winning author. I've won sixty three awards. I've I've ten of my books have gone to bestseller status, and a couple of them have stayed in the top fifty for the last month of their respective charts. Damn. What does that do? Like 
it doesn't help you if people aren't buying the books, if they're not telling their friends about it, they're not reading through your series. If you have a series and they read the first one, but they're not going through the other stuff, like that's a red flag. So what are we doing to move the needle forward? How are we telling people? I realized that the other day, I've got this great newsletter. I've got fantastic readers. They are all in. They open everything. I've got a high open rate. And I realized the other day that I'm not talking about my books in them. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, hey, here's a here's fun. Maybe we should mention one of our books each week in the newsletter. Yeah. They love your books. They love your characters. I did a, a, a character crossover. So I did this... I had somebody ask the question on a social media channel and they said, all right, well, where else does this character show up? I love to see these characters. Where else is, and I said, all right, I'll just, I'll take 10 minutes. It'll take 10 minutes. It'll be no problem. No, no, it did not take 10 minutes. It took two hours because those characters are in everything. And so it's just like, but now I have it. And I shared it with my readers and I saw, the reads go up and the pay and the sales and you know those are the kinds of things that you kind of need as an author you kind of need that background but it's also that connection with your readers so what are you doing how are you connecting with them and when I say put your creativity first I don't always mean I don't sit down every day and write on a novel Mm. but today I might sit down and rewrite you know write an email to my readers. I, tomorrow mm-hmm. I might sit down and put book blurbs together so that my mom can eloquently talk about my books when we go to SmutCon, also known as Shameless, the, this weekend because she just basically tells people my books are about sex. And I was like, yeah, we need a little bit more. Like, yeah. not just it's, like. It's a pretty broad topic, mom. It's pretty maybe broad. Not, like, maybe we could also tell them the tropes. <laughs> maybe we could tell, you know, like, what's a trope? Let's talk about tropes. Let's talk about these. So, having those sort of tools in your toolbox and creating those things where you create it one time and it'll keep working for you that that is what i'm talking about using that creativity to supercharge what you're already doing to get your message out there but that's also that business that business of being an author stuff too so yeah but some of that marketing stuff i do wait till later like i don't always use my good creativity for it because um, <laughs> scheduling social media posts doesn't take as much creativity as maybe writing them or coming sure. up with the graphics. So sure, yeah, all that, all the rest of that stuff kind of falls under like busy work for me. But I'm, I'm like you, I, I try to set aside time for all the creative parts of it, the writing and then all that stuff. Yes. Um, we recently had Melinda Cusera on the on the channel on the shows, and uh, she writes newsletter emails to her subscribers as her characters from her books and you know she was talking about how she you know she uh, if i'm remembering correctly that she was unmarried she didn't have kids she didn't have like a lot of home life stuff to talk about so she started doing that and i'm like i would much rather prefer that like i don't really care what's going on in authors like everyday life (laughs) tell me about your stories tell me about your books like tell me about your characters and and the idea of writing the newsletter emails as the characters just like like blew my mind and I'm going to, I'm going to try doing something like that. Soon. That, that I mean, that's one way to do it. I, yeah. I don't, I don't care for blogs that are like, it was a warm autumn day and we <laughs> yeah. 
And we put on our wellies and tiptoed through the crispy leaves as they our turned. Wellies. They made their annual autumn. And always in my head, it's Moira uh, Rose, Moira Schmidt, Moira Rose. David, the leaves have changed. David, what does burning smell like from Schitt's Creek? Like that's yeah. who I always hear in these blogs. And you just came for a recipe. You didn't come for all this stuff. However, yeah. um, I think that there, in there are some. There's a fine line. There's a there's a medium. I think there's a happy medium that you can find where you share funny things. I, I share funny st- stories that happen to me, and I'm telling you, the stuff that my dad says, people love that crap. He is 82. He has zero shits left to give, and he will just let it all hang out in restaurants, just in general, and so when I share something funny or he'll say, you could put that in your newsletter. I'm like, well, I guess I'm putting it in the newsletter now. Yeah. But I do, I, there's always a little bit of the behind the scenes part. And then there's something from the characters. And I think that there's that nice for me, that works. That nice works combo. for the readers. It's a good combo. Um, I don't do book recs for me. I do them from a character. It's called the joy of reading. Her name is joy. So it works out. Yeah. Um, but she'll like we at once a month she shares book recs that are in the genre in like okay romantic comedy or romantic suspense with characters over 40 that's what we're re- you know that's what my readers want to know more of absolutely we'll share that um i have a stoner a senior stoner by the name of ziggy who talks in malifors <laughs> he, he, he's always just Malifors. like he's like you like he and and oddly enough like it like kind of makes sense like when ziggy mark starts making sense like that's when you gotta worry so i just like everybody loves ziggy so i do a column once a month called ask ziggy and ask and ziggy gives life advice like dear abby and um i love it oh my gosh it's and it's fun to write (laughs) like you it's these it's your characters are already you've already created the characters you already have the background you know um one of the big things that people love in my books i do these text chains there's whole chapters that are just text chains between family members between the senior citizens on pleasure point it started as a thing i needed to get some advice to get some information out there and i write in first person so it's like hmm, how can i how can i add this in and i was like well what if it was part of this text chain that went completely off the rails like what if it starts as this but then the parents start talking about spexy times like mm-hmm. and belly dancing and glitter like what happens there <laughs> it is it's some of the most fun to write and i put those in my emails as well like just random text chains from my characters like what would they say about halloween or um what you trying to come up with a christmas list like everybody send in your christmas list and every character is like you know whatever you get me is great and they all like ah oh, you're just in love with her and you just take it you know it's fun <laughs> you'll have to just go see you'll have to go read it it's i'll have to go fun. check it out yeah. it sounds like, first of all i want to say that you are probably the funniest guest that we've had since like garrett robinson at, in the premiere of this season you're hilarious so i just uh, i appreciate that very much some levity into the show it's, it's, it's. what is some of the best writing advice you think you've gotten oh gosh or given 
Um, that's a good, that is a very, that that one always puts them on the spot. Everybody's always like, I don't Um, know. (laughs) The best writing advice that I have heard and I would give is to not worry so much about when you're first writing your story, when you're first writing that first draft, not so, don't worry so much about the marketing of it. Um, don't worry so much about the big overall picture because I think that'll stop creativity faster than mm. a lot of other things and because it's this sort of analysis this paralysis thing like oh I don't want to I don't want to make the wrong move or I don't want to make the wrong decision and it's like okay well not making a decision is a decision mm-hmm. um, you know I wrote two screenplays that are utter crap they were they're they've got a great premise <laughs> and I love the stories but the dialogue, I went yeah. back. I was like, why isn't anybody buying this? Whatever, I'm going to write these novels. So I wrote these novels. And then I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn these screenplays into books. Mm. And I'm just going to have books. I'll have the, I've got this thing. Yeah, so I pull out, <laughs> pull out the screenplay. And I'm looking at it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's why nobody bought it. That's why nobody bought it. <laughs> I'm going to have to rewrite this. And I'm going to rewrite it spicy because I originally wrote these for Hallmark and that's cute but no yeah no, no. Not any, but not you anymore. but here's the other Google thing now. like here's the other thing i went back and did a heavy edit on my first book and i realized like how much passive writing could i put in this book like a, a lot mm. a lot but i did the best i could this is the other thing if the longer you write and the longer you're in this business you are going to get better Mm-hmm. Great news! You're going to get better. your first book is always your worst, no matter how good it is. It's, it's going to be not great. And you know what? People are going to love it anyway. And that's the other thing. Like, I, I've i done... I could sit here and rework all these stories. Mm. There's part of me that says, okay, maybe the first series wasn't necessarily a romance. Maybe it's a mystery that has a love story. No, you take the love story out. And so I could sit here and go round and round about it. But guess what? That doesn't get any more books written. Mm-hmm. So keep writing. People, and I I guarantee you, the very moment that you think, I nobody's reading this. Nobody's reading this stuff. I don't know why I'm writing this stuff. That is the day somebody will reach out to you. Um, I had a reader... I, I was ser- I was having a real serious, like, fork in the road. What am I doing? Mm. A little, like, my half-hour pity party. Oh, sure. I, I have from time to time, like, oh, this is terrible. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and a reader reached out, and she said, during Hurricane Ivan, uh, Ivan, Ian. 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 I was like, the other one, the I. <laughs> the most recent bad. one. Yeah. <laughs> during Hurricane Ian, she had just downloaded my recent book, she was hunkered down in a bathroom with her dogs and she read my latest book and it kept her, you know, gave her something to focus on. It gave her some laughs in the middle of this terrible tragedy. And then she went back and reread um, my novella that I had in my first series because that's her favorite. And I'm like, mm. nobody ever tells me that. Like, I never hear that's the favorite. <laughs> and, and I was like, and her house is devastated. And I, I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, and so. I'm just in tears. But I was, and she was like thanking me for having written this book and wanted to know she wanted to read more. And I was like, okay, all right. I, you know, my, I, everything is in perspective. Everything oh, sure. is in perspective. So, oh yeah. 
Write wow. the book. That's a great story. Write the book. <laughs> write the damn somebody, book. Somebody wants you to write. Somebody's waiting for you to write their favorite book right now. And if you quit, if I had quit after the first one, mm-hmm. if, I had, had, if I had, if yeah. I had any idea, like if I had any, like you go into your first book and you don't know what you don't know and you think it's the best thing ever and you just barrel, mm-hmm. at least I did, I'm just barreling <laughs> through the world like this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Why don't you just read this? And I've learned some things along the way. And if I had quit after that, I wouldn't have written her favorite book. I wouldn't have written these other books. And the one that got her through the hurricane. The one that got her through a hurricane. Like these mm-hmm. are the th- like it's all it's all a matter of perspective. Um, but again, some people aren't going to like what you write. Some people don't like the spice. Yeah. They don't like the comedy. They don't like the fact that Wisdom is 40 years old and uses the F word. She uses the F word too much. And I'm like, what the, f-? you know, I'm serious. I, yeah. I won't say it. No, you can't. <laughs> I encourage fuckery what on my channel. Fuck. Like, I like, like, yes, there's a, there's a shitload of cussing in these books. There's cussing. There's sex. There's people over the age of 35. There's bodily have, getting, fluids. There's all kinds of stuff. Getting happy endings and happy ever afters. <laughs> Yes, fun. thank you. I'll be here all week because they should. <laughs> like, yes, yes, so, absolutely. That's not craft. My anyway. final question for you today, as we wrap it up, since it's almost six, uh, what publishing lessons have you learned through all this? Publish the actual like act of putting a book into stores and whatnot. What's the big lesson for first time authors? You think? Uh because we talked marketing on the last show. This is more about like, yes. the, the, like publishing. Process. For the publishing, I would say if somebody wants to publish you, if a traditional publisher or a, a publishing house comes to you with a contract mm. or you are invited to join an anthology, mm. this is my, like, I can't stress this enough. Spend the money and hire not a contracts lawyer but an intellectual property lawyer mm, okay it's not about the contract it's about your rights mm. number one never let anybody else copyright your work never if if a publisher comes to you and says that they will uh, get it copyrighted and it's not clear in that contract that that copyright is yours run do not walk run away from them because that is your work they need you, you do not need them in a story. The other thing is, when do your rights revert? When do you get your rights back? Mm-hmm. Are you always going to, like, is there any chance of getting that book back where you could publish it yourself? You know, let's say they haven't marketed the way, you know, what is that? An intellectual property lawyer is worth the money that you will spend. If you spend money on nothing else, mm-hmm. get that. Um I, I I pulled out of two anthologies because they wouldn't they weren't clear. I, I could tell just on the contract. I said, "You're not pointing out like what the buy-in was, what I'm expected to do, the the amount of money they wanted everybody to kick in for a Kindle, hmm. like every like I said, why I don't that makes no sense. And yeah. like what do you, what what do you mean kick in for a Kindle? What what monetary amount are you talking about? And they didn't know because it was poorly run. It was, um, there was just a lot of red flags and I pulled out and Yikes. I was like, 
yeah, I lost 17. I lost my buy-in of $17. Okay, I'm <laughs> fine. Like I like it, it there was just a lot of red flags. So ask the questions. When you want to get your book published, I know it's very exciting and you want to jump at the first offer. Um, mm. but really ask yourself what's in it, what is it in it for you? How are you getting paid? How long do they have the rights? Um, and that's why one of the reasons why I went independent with my romance books because I knew I know what I'm capable of. I know mm. what I'm my investment of my time. I know what that's worth and I know what I can get out of it. Um, and you may not be able if you're starting out, you may not be able to um, hire an editor. okay? Get Grammarly. I can't say enough about Grammarly. I, I did not run, I ran Grammarly on, on all my books. And then when I went and did a re-edit on them, I did it again. And I was like, what's, what do you mean? There's a thousand, a thousand errors. What the hell? Um, get there's a always good, more. There's always there's something. Always it's like, oh my God. Um, you know, get a good beta reader, get somebody you trust and really be careful who you trust and what that advice comes from. Question everything. I'm Gen X. I question everything. I question authority. Um, but Anarchy really, just really take take people's advice. Take my advice with a grain of salt. It may not work for you. You may not want to market and and spend time doing that. I really don't want to spend time doing that either. But it's important, and I'm getting to a point where I will have to hire somebody to do these tasks because it's mm -hmm. it's taking up too much of the creative time that I want to spend writing. So. Um, that's a long answer to your short story, your short question. But, no, um, that's a that's a great answer because of all the authors that we've had on here, nobody's ever talked about the rights uh, and and all that kind of side of it. You, so that's a, a fantastic copyright. The crap out of it. Um, I don't send out arcs. I don't send out beta copies or anything until it's copyrighted. Mm -hmm, Nothing mm -hmm. goes out until it's copyrighted, and anybody who like if somebody's telling you you don't have to copyright it your work short things you know yeah. publishing yeah. them is there's a whole like talk to a lawyer about it but um make sure you have your rights that it may not feel like much now when you're trying to get some bucks in for your do your your books but eventually you're going to be an amazing writer people are going to want your books and that that book is going to be worth something someday so really think ahead to the to that day like what mm. does that day look like what do I need to do for that day? So, well, I can't think of a better note to end it on, Miss Dubel. Thank you so very much. Thank uh, you. Your your expertise, your knowledge has been invaluable. Thank you so very much for being on these thank shows you. today. Thanks for, for having me. For everybody at home, thank you for watching and listening. If you're listening on Apple or on Spotify, make sure that you give a five star review, leave a review for the uh, the show, uh, like, comment, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. If you want more from Miss Dougal, all her links are in the description down below, and. Uh, Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you great. so much. I appreciate it. All right. Right on, writers. We are out. <laughs>